0: Okay, guys, we're in Lesson 13, Revelation chapter 6, and we're looking at the future events. Let me just kind of bring you up to speed with where we're at. Remember, the key verse to understanding the book of Revelation is found in chapter 1, verse 19. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things that will take place. Remember, The things which you have seen was chapter 1. The things which are are chapter 2 and 3, the letters to the seven churches. And then the things which will take place is chapters 4 on. Now, in chapter 4, there's a great transition there because John says that he was taken in the Spirit into the very throne room of God. When he's in the throne room of God, he sees God the Father on the throne. He sees one on the throne who is beyond transcendence. And in the hand of this one who's on the throne is a seven-sealed scroll. Now, this scroll is written on on front and backwards, John tells us, and it basically contains the events of what are going to take place in the future. And the question is asked, an angel yells out or whatever, who is worthy to take the scroll? And remember, John says, there was silence. Nobody, Nobody stepped forward. And so John begins to cry. Like, somebody's got to set these things in motion. Because this is what he's longing for. He's longing for Jesus Christ to come back. Somebody's got to set this stuff in motion. And someone says to him, one of the elders, it says, says to him, don't cry, don't worry. The Lamb who was slain is worthy. And so he sees the Lamb, the root of Jesse. And here's what he's saying. So he sees the Lamb, the Lamb then is the one who is worthy. And we're going to see now that the Lamb, in chapter 6, takes the scrolls, takes the scroll, and loosens the seven seals. Here's where the events of the future take place. So we're going to talk about that today. So let's look, first of all, verses 1 through 2 of chapter 6. Now, I saw when the Lamb opened, one of the seals... And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I look, and behold, a white horse, and one who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Okay, so let's look. First of all, the first seal. Let's see what it says here. The Lamb is the only one to open... The seals. That's the first thing we see in verse 1 there. The Lamb is the only one who opened the seals. So here He opens up one of the seals on this scroll. So let's talk about what this seal is. Now, let me just go ahead and tell it to you. What we're going to see here in the first four seals is commonly known as the four riders of the apocalypse. How many remember that? The four riders of the apocalypse. Okay. Let me just go ahead and tell you this is not... The four riders of the apocalypse from WCW Wrestling 20 years ago. Remember they had the four horsemen? For those of you who watched wrestling back then, some of you remember. Okay. This is not that. That's trivializing that. This is serious. This is serious. So here's what we see. The white horse. The conqueror mentioned here is the future world ruler. This is the future world ruler. So this is the first of the writers of the apocalypse. Now, I want you to notice something here. Scholars, you can can take this stuff. All you need to know is, is that the first writer is a future world ruler. I'm going to share some things with you, and it's open to interpretation what I'm going to share with you. Okay. Some feel that because he has a bow without an arrow, that it indicates that he'll, he'll be, become the ruler of a world government without using force. So a lot of people think that he'll be elected to this position. Democracy, that's a big thing in our world today, isn't it? I, I don't know that you can say that, because the fact that he carries a bow, that, and just because it doesn't say that he carries an arrow doesn't mean anything, because there's a lot of times in Scripture it says about men having bows... It doesn't say, and arrows. The the point I want you to see here is, this guy is a future world ruler who has a lot of authority, and he conquers and is conquering. That's what I want you to see. What we want to see here that's important for you and I to know is that when the seals are open, the world ruler is going to show up. All right, now let's look at the second seal. Look at verses 3 through 4. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Here's what we're going to see now. The rider here represents war as peace, as he takes peace from the earth. The writer here represents war as he takes peace from the earth. So the second writer of the apocalypse is war, world warfare. And he's going to take peace away from the whole world. All right? Now, here's what I want you to see. Again, this is an interpretation... And so don't go... See, here's what's happened. We get hung up on the interpretations and we miss what it's saying. You can take literal somebody's interpretation and the Bible doesn't say that necessarily. But what some people view as they look at this, they say, okay, he's carrying a large sword. Okay, this is again a picture of political power with the writer as a world ruler. So this, again, is saying the political military power of the world ruler. And it's going to cause... Havoc throughout the whole world. It's war. What I need you to see is, okay, it could be that. It may not be that. But what the, what the passage is telling us is, is that the second seal is war. that takes away peace from the entire world. That's all we need to know. That's all we need to know. Look at the third seal. Verse 5 through 6. He opened the third seal. And I heard a third living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius. And three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. okay let's look here first of all we see again he opens the seal and what is it the writer represents famine famine. how many of you pay attention to the news? Uh, I pay attention to how many of you recognize what happened in Russia this year? may you know what happened in Russia this year? Maybe you didn't pay attention. Maybe all you think about is what happened in Clearfield County or U.S., okay? Do you know that the one-fourth of the, of the wheat crop in Russia was destroyed either by drought or fire or whatever, so much so that they quit exporting? They're one of the major... We're, we're the major wheat producer in the world. They're the second one. And the drought affected them so much that they had to keep their own wheat just to feed their own family, feed their own people. That's what's happening in Russia right now. And they're hoping that next year will be better. So they had to stop. Now, when you have a major wheat producer quit shipping wheat, what happens to the price of wheat, folks? Yeah, now, our farmers here in the U.S. are benefiting because they're getting a windfall now because... You understand, and you're saying, well, that's great, but understand something. Who controls weather? Do you guys control the weather? Do you know who, who's got the control of the weather? Anybody know who that is? We need to call him. Because when wheat prices go up, guess what else goes up? Bread prices go up. You know, or anything else that has wheat in it, which is basically what? Everything. Everything. Now, here's what I want you to see. Why am I saying that? Famine is interesting because here's what the writer tells us about this third seal. He says that in that day it will take an entire day's wage to pay for a meal. An entire day's wage to pay for a meal. Because he says, a qu- Look, here, in fact, he's getting a little bit specific here. He says a quart of wheat. Now, how many of you know what a quart is? It's, if, you, if you can, you know what a quart jar is. You fill that up with wheat and then you say it cost you a day's wage for that because a denarius is a day's wage. Wow! I mean, you think about that. You say I will never. Ha- I don't know if I can believe that can happen. Well, it's already happened once before. You know, I, so a lot of you know that my my relatives are German. My mother's German, so my grandmother was telling me she grew up in the German Depression. And what happened is is hyperinflation took over. And the value of your dollar, well we'll say mark, we'll call it a dollar for, for the sake of transliteration here. The value of the dollar dropped. So one day what might cost a dollar, the next day cost hundred dollars. And it kept happening so much so that a loaf of bread, listen to me, would cost a hundred million marks. hundred million dollars. And she said she could remember her dad or others going to work with a huge bag or a wheelbarrow in order for their employer to pay them that day. So you think about it. You're going, they're not, they didn't use checks back then. Pay them in cash. And, and I've seen some of the money from that time, or I've seen some of the stamps where they would mark over the money, adding zeros onto it because of hyperinflation. And they would go and they would get paid by their employer and they would immediately go and take that same money and buy the food for the day for the family. Not have anything left over. Because the next day, what you had that day would be worthless. Because it might have increased a whole lot more the next day. That's called hyperinflation, folks. All right. Now so here's what I want you to see. This is the third seal. You've got this world ruler who shows up. There's, a, there's war that takes takes peace away from the world. Now, when you've got world, war throughout the whole world, that's not just the weather that's affecting crops and so forth. War affects crops. War affects shipping. War affects things. And so what happens is, is now there's famine in the world, and... Boy, it's, it's going to take a lot for people to feed themselves. That's the third seal. That's the third seal. And listen, you may not even comprehend why it's doing it. How many of you have figured out why prices are doing what they're doing now? I mean, shipping costs are down, but yet prices keep going up. And, you know, and I'm an ice cream lover, you know. And I love and I'm, I'm ready to write them a letter. My, I've been saying this now for four years, but my, my daughter laughs at me and says, have you written that letter yet? No. But here's what I'm going to write them a letter about, you know. I don't care about Space Saber. Give me my two quarts. You know what I'm saying? And have you eaten? I love their vanilla bean. I used to think they were the creamiest ice cream. It's like ice milk now. I want to say to them, dude, if I want ice milk... I'll go pay a buck for it. Don't give it to me in a 5 dollar thing, you know. And what are they doing? You're paying more and you're getting less. That's what's happening, isn't it? I think it's all a foreshadowing of what's to come folks. And all of the foreshadowing of what's to come. Enough about the ice cream. Let's talk about the fourth seal. This is a serious one. Look with me in verse 7 through 8. Hey, the other ones are serious too. They're all serious. Here's the fourth seal. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And so I looked, and behold a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given to him, to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, with hunger, with death, and by beasts of the earth. Here's what we see here. The fourth seal, the pale horse. And let me just say the pale rider is not Clint Eastwood, okay? The rider represents death. The writer represents death. Here's the other thing I want you to see about him. He has a companion. Hell is the writer's companion. Now here is what they are given the power to do. Well, it, it, you know, I, was just li- I was listening to a message this week uh, by Andy Stanley. Uh, Some of you know his dad, Charles Stanley. Andy Andy pastors a large church down in Atlanta. And he was quoting from Daniel when um, Daniel is interpreting a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And it is that the Lord God is sovereign over the affairs of men. We need to remind ourselves that as we read this stuff, it is God who is in control. It is Jesus who is releasing this. And this is all part of the judgments on the world. So I want you to understand that as I tell you this next point, what they were given the power to do. They were given the power to kill a fourth of the world's population. How many? Does anybody know what the population of the world is right now? Anybody got a guess? It's somewhere between six and seven billion people. Six and seven billion people. Do you realize that when you talk about killing a fourth of the world, allowing death in Hades through, and notice the means, it tells you right in the verse how it's going to happen. It's going to be through war, famine, and beasts. That is, animals killing people. So it's not just like one event. There's going to be several things that are happening here. And what I want you to see is, that a fourth of the world's population is going to die. Do you realize that is over 1.5 billion people? 1.5 billion people are going to be pff, wiped out, dead. Either through war, hunger, with the releasing of the seal. you understand these are tragic events that are coming? Let me help you to comprehend what 1.5 billion people look like. There are, just so you have an understanding... There are, in North America, that is, the United States and Canada, from us up, the the top half of the Western Hemisphere, 300 and maybe 350, 400 million people. So you're talking about, if authority is given, that's wiping out everybody here in America. But that's in the world, it says. But we're talking about a lot of people dying, folks. A lot of people died, And that's the fourth seal. So these are not pleasant things. You understand? These are not things that we joke about, these writers of the apocalypse. Here's what I want you to see now. Look with me the fifth seal. And he opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And then a white robe was given to each of them, and they, it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would have, would be killed as they were, was completed. Here's what I want you to see, the martyrs. John sees the souls of the Christian martyrs. Do you, do you realize that there are people dying for Jesus today? I get reports over the email a lot. I hear reports through Empower, but I get reports from different things. Persecution is increasing. People are being killed literally because they name the name of Jesus. And so John sees a vision of these martyrs crying out to to Jesus, crying out to God the Father. And what they're asking is this. They're asking God to avenge their deaths on the wicked. They're saying, God, how long? How much longer? When when, when is this not going to take place? When when are you going to deal with this? They're crying out for God to do something. And so they're given an answer. As to when it will take place. Which, my friends, I need you to help you understand. You want to know when this is all going to take place? This will help you. They are told to wait until the numbers of the martyrs are completed. It is happening, folks. It is happening. This stuff is going on. We need to realize it. But but here's what the martyrs are doing. They're asking for God to avenge. They're asking for God to avenge. And He will. So then I want you to know the sixth seal. Look with me at verses 12 through 17. And this is where we'll spend the rest of our time. I looked and He opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like blood. And the stars of the heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs, and when it is shaken by a mighty wind, then the sky receded like a scroll as it was rolled up, and every mountain and and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men and the rich men, and the commanders and the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in caves and in in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of His wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Okay, let's, t- let's look here. First of all, there, is a gr- there will be a great earthquake. There will be a great earthquake There are actually probably several things going on when this earthquake happens. Because look, the next thing, the heavens are changed as the sun, moon, and stars are affected. The heavens are changed. Now, what do you mean the heavens? The earthquake causes the heavens to change? What are you talking about, George? That doesn't seem scientifically possible. Well, how many of you remember the earthquake that happened in Aceh over in Indonesia Oh, probably three or four Christmases ago. Do you remember that? Where the big tsunamis happened and they killed all those people? Here's what science has told us. When that earthquake happened, you know, our, our planet is on an axis. Does everybody know that? It's not straight up. It's on an axis. The axis of our planet with that one earthquake shifted, are you ready for this, a quarter of an inch. Shifted a quarter of an inch. From one earthquake. Now, what does that mean when you shift the axis a quarter of an inch? That means everything else shifts from the sky a quarter of an inch. Now, you're not going to notice it because you're going to say, oh, there's still the North Star and whatever. But if you understand a great earthquake, it's going to, whatever, cause the Earth to shift so that, you know what? Maybe we might see the Southern Cross up here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's in the Southern Hemisphere. You've got to go below the earthquake to see that star formation. You know, just this week, Maddie was talking to me. She's taking science, and she told me about how stars—what happens to like our star when it dies? She said that science shows through astrology or whatever they've done—astronomy, not astrology. Astronomy, okay. Astrology is baloney. So, uh, for those of you who are reading your horoscope, just forget it. When our star dies, it becomes red. Do you realize that? Now it says the moon turns red. Right now, what does the moon reflect, folks? The, what you see on the moon is a reflection of our sun. You understand? So there may be several things going. Now this is all speculation. So don't leave out here and say, "Why, well, Pastor said the Earth's going to shift, and it, the, you know we're going to see the Southern Cross, and and, uh, and the sun's going to die." It's in the Bible. No, we have a description of something that's happening in the Bible. But what I want you to see is, it's saying that the heavens are going to change. The heavens are going to change. Here's what happens. The earthquake causes both mountains and islands to shift. This again is proven by science, because when that earthquake happened in Aceh, it moved the island of Aceh. It moved it. You understand what I'm saying? Because earthquakes, let's remember what earthquakes are. It's the shifting of what? The plates underneath the earth, which is land masses. And so if you've got a massive one, something's going to shift, folks. So that's what's happening here. So this earthquake causes both mountains and islands to shift. Now here's the reaction of the world. Look with me, verse 15 through 17. Look at what it says there. First thing it's telling us that people of all walks of life tried to hide themselves from calamity. John says they literally go to the mountains and try to hide themselves in caves. Now, I think if the mountains are shifting, I'm not going in the cave. But this is where they're at. They're trying to go somewhere to get away from it. They're trying to hide themselves from the calamity. And here's what they're doing. They're calling out, notice what it says. I don't think they're literally calling out that they recognize that it's God. I don't think they recognize it's Jesus, but I, I think if they believe it is God. Because every time something tragic happens, have you noticed how many people blame it on God? Because look at what it says there. Verse, verse 17, 16 and 17, here's what it says. And said to the mountains, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the face, from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of His wrath has come and who is able to stand? Here's what it's saying. People call out for death rather than face the wrath of God. They would rather die than endure that. Now, can me ask you a question. You think that's a common attitude even today? Yeah, it's called euthanasia. It's called euthanasia. Let's... let's... It's an attitude of rather than letting people endure what they have to endure, we should just put them out of their misery. And this is what they're asking. Put me out of my misery! That's the attitude of humanity. That's the sixth seal. No, it doesn't, but they think it will. No, they probably don't. Yeah, that's exactly right, Bruce. Because here's the thing. Bruce is saying... I mean, here they are. They're thinking to escape the wrath of God. I'm going to kill myself. There's a bigger wrath coming. It's called hell. See, they don't understand. So, let me let me just give you a couple thoughts here. Are the events during the seals normal bad times? When you look at what's going on in the seals, are these normal things that are going on? Now, some of it are normal. But, I mean, an earthquake that causes the moon to turn red and stuff, I, we haven't seen that one yet. Why am I asking you this? So when somebody says to you, we're living in the midst of it, here's what you got to say. No, we're not. I mean, I watch the news, and I know there are people dying all over the world, and tragedies happen, and you know, like an earthquake hit somewhere in Iran a few years ago, and 40,000 people got wiped out just like that. But, I mean, we're, we're, we're hearing all this stuff, but how many of you heard a report lately that 1.5 billion people died? Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, I think it's going to be throughout the world, and it's going to be because of different circumstances, but I think it's all going to be around the same time frame. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all going to be, there's going to be war, famine, or animals. You say animals. Well, I mean, I just think what I just read this morning, three beaches closed in California because of a fatal shark attack or something. This stuff happens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, if there's no food for animals, they're going to be eating somebody else. So, but that, That's the reality I want you to see. What I want you to see here is we are not in it. Hey, let me just stop for a moment. We've got a viewpoint that's prevalent in our area that says it's already happened. I can already tell you just reading chapter 6.
1: It ain't already happened,
0: folks. I mean, unless you've got some weird view of reading how you read the Bible, this is saying what's going to happen. It ain't happened. All right, let's It could happen any time. Yeah, it could happen in a dame's time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually what we believe is is this occurs over a seven year period. And that these scrolls are actually the first part of it, so it could be anywhere in a a three-and-a-half-year period. You understand? So, and we'll see that later. It's called the Great Tribulation. What's being described here is what's known as the Great Tribulation. It It is a time of testing and judgment that is upon the earth. Now, immediately someone would say, Well, man, what kind of a God would allow this? I'll explain to you what kind of God. Remember what the fifth seal was. Anybody remember what the fifth seal was? What was it, folks? We just talked about it. The martyrs. What were the martyrs asking God to do? Avenge them. And what's a, what's vengeance like? Is that like, let's go have a powwow, kissy kissy, let's go watch a Bulls game or something together, let's watch some Steelers play, you know, Phillies play, i got to... Include everybody here. You know, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Is that what a vengeance means? No, I mean, it's paying back for what you did. God is paying back the world for its rebellion and its attack upon the people of God. That's called retribution. That's what's happening here. It's not that he's being a meanie He's giving the world what it justly deserves. So that's what's going on. Okay. Boy, what a heavy lesson to close with, you know. So let me stop with this topic. This is coming. Do you realize that those who don't know Jesus will face this. Do you realize that, that those who don't know Jesus, if they don't know Jesus now, when they enter into this period, the chances of them knowing Jesus are almost nil. Some will, but it's going to be very few. So it is important for us to be praying for our loved ones to be praying for those that we work with, our neighbors, and taking every opportunity, not bang the Bible over the head, but share with them, live out our lives so that they see there's a difference and that they see their need for Jesus Christ. We need to be praying, God, God, don't allow the God of this world, Satan, to blind their eyes from the truth. They need to come to know Jesus, because this is what's coming, folks. This is what's coming. And so terrible is it that Jesus said the days of it had to be shortened, even for the elect's sake, even for the believer's sake. Isn't that interesting? That's how terrible it's going to be. We have no comprehension what's coming. I'm going to tell you right now, it hasn't come. But it is coming. Let's pray.